1: Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a
0: show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM
2: WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, your nation's public radio source for all the news, information, advice, and techniques you need to get on that path to financial independence through real estate investing. And today we are going to talk about a topic that many real life real estate listeners have heard of and very few actually seem to understand and that is hard money what is it why in the world would you want to use it why is it called hard money hint it's not because of the terms Joining us today to discuss the truth about hard money in today's market is Chris Haddon, a partner with HardMoneyBankers.com, a hard money lender based out of Maryland. He is a loan originator and underwriter with that company and uh, started his career at a large commercial bank where he learned about lending real estate, personal and commercial finance before moving into starting hardmoneybankers.com joining us by phone from his home in Maryland is Chris Haddon Chris welcome to real life real estate hi
0: thanks Vina. how are you
2: I'm good Chris how are you today
0: doing well
2: well um, before we get started with the questions I have I want to remind listeners that if you have any questions about hard money borrowing lending whatever you can give us a call here in the studio at 772-9658 if you're in the greater Cincinnati area or 877-772-9658 from anywhere in the United States. You can also send us questions by going to our website, which is askvina.com you'll see there there's a button that says ask Vina a question if you'll fill in that form and hit send we will get it here via email and while you're there don't forget to try out our real life real estate weekly e-letter if you're missing out on that you're missing out on a lot there's more that goes on in real estate than what happens on Wednesday nights from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on WMKV and that e-letter will keep you informed of other events, happenings, uh, legal issues, etc. So, uh, and there's uh, no charge for it. So, price is right. That's askvina. dot com to ask questions or sign up for our free weekly e letter. Now, Chris, um, <clears throat> your your company is a a very regional hard money lender. So uh, if if folks are thinking, oh, I should just, you know, find their website and go get a loan for myself in California, um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but you guys have been doing this for long enough and uh, sort of, you know, through, through good times and bad, if you will, that uh, we're going to discuss uh, sort of the realities of your business and what people can now expect from hard money. But the purpose of, uh, or the, the, the first thing we have to talk about is what is hard money? People people hear that term, and they have all kinds of ideas about what it means.
0: Sure. Yeah, there's, um, of course, a long-winded definition we could go into, but very simply, um, a hard money loan is a loan against real estate or possibly some other kind of hard asset. That comes from a private lender or individual, not from a bank. That is the uh, the short definition. Mm -hmm,
2: mm -hmm. And typically, at least as we use it in our business, uh, hard money is really uh, an investor transaction. You don't you don't see uh, home. You don't see. Let me say you don't see hard money lenders lending money to homeowners but rather to people who are buying properties for the purposes of investment why is that
0: well there's there's a few reasons for that um, first of all back years ago before we got started I believe that hard money lenders were more active in the homeowner consumer type of real estate market um, but there are a number of reasons why we typically stick to, not typically, we always stick to investment real estate transactions, uh, residential investment properties, and also some small commercial. One is just our target market, our ideal borrower is a professional real estate investor. It's a a commercial transaction as opposed to a consumer transaction. Mm -hmm. Um, I would also say because Recent changes in many states' lending laws have made it illegal for hard money lenders to operate without certain licenses that would apply to a consumer type of lender like your standard mortgage loan. Um, and then also probably some laws having to do with uh, terms, with you know rates and fees mm-hmm. and whatnot. So those are the two major things. One is a legal issue, and the other one is it's just not our market. It's just not our target.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of rates and fees, um, a lot of people, when they when they do hear the, the term hard money and then they hear what the rates and fees are, think that it's called hard money because the terms are difficult as opposed to that it's against a, a hard asset. Um, I And I know you know, each each hard money lender has slightly different rate, rates and terms, but what, what sort of range can people expect in a hard money loan?
0: Sure. Um, Well, that too is regional, like hard money lending is in general. It's very much a local kind of business. Um, Here in our market, we are lending at anywhere from 12 to 15% interest rate and also 2 to 5 points, a point being 1% of the loan amount as a fee paid at the time of closing. Uh, That's pretty typical in our market and in in many. uh, And I think there are certain areas that are a bit less
2: expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's, there's, there's more to it than that, because typically hard money loans are not 15-year fully amortized loans or 30-year fully amortized loans either.
0: That's right. Typically the term is going to be one year or less with an interest-only payment, not amortizing. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> all of this begs the question then for whom is this a good loan? <laughs> for whom is 15% interest and five points, and by the way, you have to pay it back within a year, a good deal?
0: Great question. And something that comes up frequently, especially in you know general business settings or talking with friends or people who are unfamiliar with hard money lending, like most of the public is. It's just not a giant industry that applies to most people. So the answer to the question is, People who are going to be acquiring, usually um, doing rehab work and reselling, a piece of investment real estate in order to make a profit. And the cost of a loan, like a hard money loan, is factored into their overall cost for the transaction. And in all likelihood, they're going to still make money on the resale because they're taking into account all costs. Um, There's also some other situations where we'll do... A bridge loan if somebody needs some cash, uh, we'll do a bridge loan against property they currently own, oftentimes free and clear because they might need it for some other kind of business reason. So those are the two main ones: the the purchase and rehab of investment real estate, and then also the the biz, um, bridge loan commercial type of transaction. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. And you said something very important there that I, I want to make sure listeners got, particularly if they've never uh, borrowed hard money before. And that is, you got to work those rates and terms into your numbers and still be coming out with a, a a good profit. Because I have seen people attempt to get hard money loans that didn't make sense for the deal. And I'm not talking about for the lender, I'm talking about for the borrower. <laughs> with those rates and terms, it, they weren't going to be making enough money off the deal to make it worthwhile. But on the flip side, if you got a great deal on the table. And the only way you can purchase and rehab it is with, you know, 5.15% money. It makes sense to do that, assuming that you have all of your other stuff in place, like your rehab crew and the right deal and so on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we want all of our borrowers to make good money on their transactions. If we see a scenario where maybe they're buying too high or, you know, they think they're going to sell for more than, we think they're going to sell for. We'll definitely point that out. We never want to get into a loan where our client is not going to be making money on on the back end.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We're talking today to Chris Haddon of hardmoneybankers.com. The number to call if you have a question is 877-772-9658. You can also go to askvina.com, fill out our response form, and we will get that via email. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Chris Haddon, partner in hardmoneybankers.com, a company that, uh, along with many other places around the United States, does hard money loans to real estate investors and we're talking about the state of the hard money market in 2013 because Chris I think you will agree it is different than it was in 2006
0: yes that was actually just before we started but the market is certainly (laughs) different
2: Uh, and and a lot of people get um, a lot of people who were familiar with the super easy hard money terms uh, of the prior to the real estate crash uh, market, gets get surprised now that hard money lenders want things like credit reports.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, some hard money lenders, like many real estate lenders, got caught up in the appreciation of real estate values and would give out loans to almost everybody on almost every piece of property. Um, and those who did so got in a bit of trouble, uh, like most lenders did and like many investors did when the market turned south. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit of a different game. I mean, um, the people who stuck to the the model, to their game plan all along of, you know, the, the proper loan-to-value for their loans and the right documentation uh, for the file made it through the downturn fine. And those who, who didn't, you know, some of them aren't around anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so there certainly is a model on how to do this right that we over the past five plus years have seen as very effective. So, yeah, certain people might be surprised if they haven't borrowed hard money in a few <laughs> years, but, you know, what, what we do is not only best for us as a company, but works out well for the borrower, too. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: in fact, you mentioned that the uh, hard money business now was very regionalized, that uh, most companies limit where they will do their loans to Sometimes, sometimes an area as small as a city, but often to a, a one-two-three state area where they can really get a grip on the property value and condition through actually looking at the property. And many of the national hard money lenders that were around that had you know licenses in 27 states or 49 states are gone. They, they <laughs> you, you can't call their phone number anymore. Um, so the business is, has has shifted enormously from, oh, there's this one, you know, one, two, three clearing houses where you can go and get hard money loans to you got to find somebody in your area.
0: Yeah, that, that is definitely true. Um, and again, it was one of those things that it started and was for a long time a local and, and regional kind of model for those reasons that you said that people really know their market. They know their borrowers. And they know how to do things uh, in a smart way. And certain people, because of market conditions, I suppose, got kind of carried away. And also, like you mentioned, there are a number of companies that we could mention that were around a few years ago and are not around anymore, specifically because of their expansion to other markets they didn't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, we have a caller on the line. Uh, Mike is from Cincinnati on line one. Mike, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. All right. Hi, Mike.
1: Yeah, I've got a question. Uh, if you're loaning money to an investor, how do you protect yourself?
2: Mm-hmm. So uh, in this scenario, let's see, uh, you, Mike, are the lender? And yes. the person on the other side? Okay. Well, that's one question. Okay. Okay. Um, That's a great question. And Chris, I know you and most of the other successful hard money lenders in the country have very specific ways in which you protect yourself in this loan. Can you describe some of those?
0: Sure. Um, One is first and foremost, making sure it's a smart deal underwriting wise, you know, a business decision based on looking at the collateral and also the person borrowing the money. And making a, a smart underwriting decision in that regard. Um, so there's a lien on the property that protects the, uh, the lender's investment, and there's typically a personal guarantee from the borrower as well, and other things that go into it, like uh, property insurance and also title insurance. Those are a bit more,
2: you know. Mm-hmm. And let me let me uh, let me dig down a little bit more into what you just said. Um, you said uh, it's, it's got to be a smart business deal in in the sense I assume that you're looking at what is the worst case scenario? What if my borrower gets hit by a truck and I have to end up owning this property? Uh, what what sort of uh, loan to value are are people going to see in the market right now? In other words, if I have a if I have a house that's worth a hundred thousand fixed up, I know that doesn't make any sense to you, Chris, because there aren't any of those where you live. But the, <laughs> there's a property worth a hundred thousand fixed up and it needs twenty in work what What kind of loan am I going to be able to get
0: There's a hundred thousand fixed up, then oh. the rule of thumb is sixty five percent loan to value
2: mm-hmm.
3: and
0: that's the loan can be sixty five percent of that resale value mm-hmm. so in this case it'd be sixty five thousand that is Pretty good rule of thumb for most hard money lenders.
2: Mm-hmm. Now I assume that uh, I, I had better have bought that house for around forty, uh, <laughs> because uh, uh, that just makes sense to do that. And am I gonna am I gonna be able to possibly get some rehab money out of that loan as well?
0: Yes, for sure. Um, it, it's it's common that we will finance a hundred percent of the acquisition and the construction costs. As long as that number is going to be below sixty-five percent loan-to-value, in your example, that would be sixty thousand against a property worth a hundred. That would be very doable. The the borrower would um, be paying closing cost out of pocket and no more.
2: Mm-hmm. And you also said uh, you look at the borrower, and I know one of the things that you look at is these days is is credit reports, and that there's a. Um, for, for many hard money lenders that I talk to, there is a credit score below which they simply won't loan, and then there's a sliding scale on the kind of terms you can get as you go up in credit scores. Uh, but at the same time, do you look at things like the borrower's experience?
0: We do. We, we, we definitely do. Um, that is certainly part of the upfront underwriting that our team here does, is to get a handle on what they've done in the past in real estate investment. Um, so experience is important, and also credit is looked at, but there, there are certain things that can outweigh credit. I mean, um, the, uh, the model of using the four Cs of underwriting that I can explain if you feel like it, but the one on the very bottom, the least important, is credit.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so if, for example, maybe someone had a situation where they got upside down on the property and had to give it back, or maybe some kind of divorce situation, there are other things that do happen can be outweighed by other important factors like a great deal or a lot of cash on hand. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Uh, so does that uh, answer your question, Mike? He's protecting himself by having his money in the right deal, by having a lien against the property in case it doesn't perform.
1: Yes, that all makes sense. Uh, I have one other thing. Uh, what, what if someone had some cash and uh, w- would you uh, partner with them uh, and what kind of terms would you give?
2: Well, uh, it, 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 he, okay. This 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 may be a question that Chris can't answer just because of this being public radio. But tell me, uh, do you are is what you're asking?
1: Let's say somebody had a couple of hundred thousand dollars and wanted to get with Chris and uh, uh, allow him to use that for an investment. How, how would uh, what kind of terms would be?
2: Well, let me let me let me do this for you, Mike, because I, I I'm right. This is a this is a discussion we can't. We can't okay. have on the air, but uh, if if we can put you on hold and get uh, our 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 wonderful uh, uh, phone answer here to get some information from you, uh, you guys can have that question. You can you guys can have that conversation offline. Mm-hmm. But the the question that I am going to ask you, Chris, because this is this is a really common one, is a lot of hard money lenders are, are at any given time they might have hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars worth of loans out on the table uh, and and you know, seven years ago the way a lot of hard money lenders got their money was they had a line of credit with the bank I don't think that's how it works anymore how how these days do hard money lenders raise the money to do these loans
0: Yeah, that's a good question I um, years ago I, I was aware of certain hard money lenders that we financing their deals using lines of credit that's not very common anymore um, typically the um, capital for the loans we fund comes from private investors these are just private individuals looking to invest in something um, and you know oftentimes it'll start out with friends and family and kind of expand to to business associates and that's about the extent of the the capital requirements of a of a hard money lender like like us
2: mm-hmm Mm -hmm. So it's just another version of of the same private lending and fundraising and private placements and things like that that people are doing to buy bulk REOs or bulk notes or whatever.
0: Sure. Yeah, really kind of any, I mean, you might want to call it an alternative investment if people are investing in um, private equity funds, venture capital, hedge funds. Same
2: kind of thing. mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, We need to take another quick break. We uh, thank you for your call, Mike. And if you have any questions for Chris Haddon of hardmoneybankers.com, 877-772-9658 is the number to call, or you can go to our website at askvina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today about hard money loans in the market today with Chris Haddon from HardMoneyBankers.com. They're a regional lender up in the, uh, really the D.C. area, if I can say that, Chris. I think that's sort of Baltimore, D.C. That's sort of your, I don't know, bailiwick up there. And uh, we got an email... Uh, more of a more of a comment than a question from Bob uh, he says your listeners should be aware that many hard money lenders are now so, now also requiring quote some skin in the game in the sense that although they will do sixty five percent loan to value loans, they also want you to have a down payment of your own of between ten and twenty percent and I, I think Chris that that is uh, fairly common, particularly in some of the lower price markets where the profits on the back end are not going to be as big. There's not there's not as much spread for the hard money lender if they have to take it back.
0: Well, that that varies really. Um, oftentimes, there there is cash to close, cash coming from the borrowers and its settlement, which you could call skin in the game, whether it's a down payment or um, just paying closing costs, but that. Often has to do with the price at which they're buying. Mm-hmm. If they're buying too high, and we're giving, or you know, higher than the example you gave before, and like you know, I know that uh, the formula you typically teach people on how to buy. If they're over that, which is common in um, in many strong markets, they're going to have more cash to close. Which in in that case would be a down payment, even with a loan of sixty five percent of the resale price, but if people are buying using the formula that is popular and that I've heard you say before, it oftentimes is just paying closing costs. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, we have another caller on the line, Leonard from Cincinnati. Leonard, welcome to Real Life Real Estate.
1: Yes, uh, if you uh, had um, uh, say a hundred thousand dollars, would you uh, would a person put it in uh, real estate or would he put it in the stock and bond market?
2: Well, Leonard, let me answer that question with a question, which is...
1: Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm from your neck of the woods where you were working uh, in northern Kentucky. I had property there, but unfortunately I had tenants that, that didn't pay me, so I had to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had six or seven properties uh, uh, in... Um, I'm not on the air now, am I? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 I know you were from northern Kentucky, or still are, I guess, but mm-hmm. I did... Uh, uh, my problem was I couldn't get them to pay me. I couldn't get the tenants to pay mm-hmm. me. I was probably on a personal relationship with them, and that's a no no I learned now. I don't have anything now, thank goodness, but mm-hmm. uh, my money's gone to stock and bonds. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and of course, I don't have to do anything but just watch the market. But it's just like uh, in real estate, you've got people that won't pay you, and you've got some of the city of fathers that. Uh, uh I seem to think they were picking on me but maybe they really weren't but uh there's certain cities uh in in northern Kentucky uh you probably know who they are I won't mention the city's name but they don't want any uh investors there they they want the people to own their property and uh uh they think everything is uh, everything is Villa Hills and the whole world is mm-hmm. Villa Hills and it's not mm-hmm. uh, especially northern Kentucky that's where you're you're from and uh, so um, I know I think you did quite well, but I uh, I just uh, had to get get rid of mine because uh, uh, the, my, the, the quality of my tenant was poor, and uh, I, I, that was my own fault. I guess I should have had somebody else collect their rents instead of me <laughs> because you know they have children. You talk to their children, and as the um, if you had a collector or a manager there, uh, uh, you know it, it would be better. You wouldn't mm-hmm. be on a personal
2: level with the Mm tenant. Now, Leonard, uh, let me interrupt you because we're coming up on another break here and just uh, give you you the quick but non-satisfying answer to your question, which is that whether one invests one's money in real estate and in what kind of real estate, because clearly rental properties weren't your... Your game, at least, uh, at least not rental properties that you needed to manage yourself, uh, is a decision that you make with your financial advisors, and also looking at what what are your particular skills and preferences, and because uh, you know, there's there's fifty ways to invest money in real estate, and they're on a spectrum from very passive to totally non passive, and. Uh, the totally non-passive ones require a, a, a level of skill and education that that folks need to get, and the, even the very passive ones, I think, require at least enough education that you can evaluate what it is that you're investing in, even if you're going to then just write a check and and be hands off about it. So, we very much appreciate your call, Leonard and um, Chris. We are getting a ton of questions in via the AskVena.com website, so I want to I hit some of those as well. A uh, question from Kevin in Austin. He says, uh, w- whether you know this information for the whole industry or just for your company, I'm curious about how often hard money lenders have to, quote, take the property back. In other words, how often does that loan go bad and now you are the owner of the property instead of the owner of the loan?
0: Yeah, like like you mentioned, that's very subjective, and people have had very different results. I don't know if there's an industry average on how, you know, what percentage of loans turned into um, properties owned by the lender. But you know, be, because we're conservative and and you know generally careful about what we do, out of 500 plus loans, we've only taken back one property. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will find that surprising, but it is the case.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm now uh, Ke- uh kevin has a second uh follow-up question that again i can't answer on the air it's about uh recommendations for hard money lenders any particular area and then i just got another one from dave uh saying any sources of hard money lenders in ohio and uh here on public radio we don't endorse any particular company product etc so uh that's not a, a question that i can really answer on air not that you guys had any reason to know that don't be sitting there feeling bad because you you know asked a question that's fine but chris let me ask you because it's not like you open up the phone book and there's a title for hard money lenders and (laughs) you just pick up the phone and make a call uh and just as hard money lenders are careful about who they lend to i think the borrowers ought to be careful about who they're borrowing from i, th- I think that they ought to know that the companies that they're borrowing from are legitimate and not going to charge a million dollars in fees and then not give a loan and so on how would someone go about finding a hard money lender in their area and then how would someone go about finding out if those folks were legitimate
0: yeah that's a uh, that's a very good point and there are, you're right that there are um Right lenders to go to and ones that might not work out so well. Um, You know, people, like we were mentioning earlier in the show, lenders are very local or regional, and they will often advertise to the public because we're looking to get more loans um, oftentimes these days on the Internet. So honestly, I would go to Google first and be specific about your search, you know, if it's your local area and hard money lender. And the people who are really doing business will probably show up. It will probably show up in Google search results. Um, the second good place to find a solid local lender is the RIA, the, the Local Real Estate Investment Association. I think you probably agree with that, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, and you get good testimonials from other people who, in all likelihood, have done business with that local lender before, and they can tell you they're legit. Um, so a, a referral a recommendation from someone you know is always a great way to go. The second one is, like you also mentioned. I would stay away from any kind of significant upfront fee they require to underwrite or fund your loan. Um, if it's the cost of an appraisal, fine, that's typical, uh, but if we're talking a few thousand dollars just to take a look at the deal, that's a big red flag.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what about what about prequalification? A, a, a lot of hard money lenders I know do charge some some sort of a like an administrative fee to get the thing started because there is an appraisal. There might be a credit report. There might be an inspection. There's there's some actual costs there to making the loan. But a lot of these uh, w- hard money websites you go to there's a, there's an online get me prequalified form. Should we be charged money to fill one of those out before we even have a deal on the table?
0: I would say probably not. Um, Well, a couple things there. One, oftentimes an automatically generated approval or or pre-qualification letter from a website is not a fully underwritten deal. It doesn't necessarily mean that that loan is going to be funded. It's certainly subject to full underwriting, but you can use that piece of paper to submit with a contract. I would keep that in mind, that that is not the loan term set in stone, but it is useful for getting a quick letter to submit with a contract, especially because, you know, a lot of these investment situations are time-sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um, if it has a fee with it, too, you know, honestly, the uh, the, the lenders I know, um, and and I know a number of them in different markets, don't really charge for that. Mm-hmm. That might be more of the kind of website or portal <laughs> sort of uh, hard money person that you might want to stay away from.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, you, you folks get overly excited because they uh they hear about hard money lending and they say, "Oh wow, this is this is the solution I've been looking for because maybe my credit's got not great or I don't have a ton of cash to put into purchase and rehab and I've done the math and the, the 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 points and terms work for me and then they run out and um don't don't think from the point of view of uh not everyone in any business is legitimate. And they end up, I mean, I've heard stories about people paying $1,200 fees to get pre-qualified. Like, we're not even, we're not even talking about a deal yet. We just, we, you know, we want to make sure that you can borrow money from us, and it will be $1,200. You know, to me, that's somebody making money off of application fees, not off of doing hard money loans. Um, I've, I've heard people who have uh, been presented with a certain set of rate and terms, and then at the closing told that the rate and terms were going to be much different. You know, we started at two points and twelve percent, and now we're at two percent a month. You know, twenty four percent interest. Um, some of the um, individual hard money lenders, because there's companies like yours, and then there's just people who make hard money loans, uh, will will run out of money. You know, they said they've said yes, I, I'll make you a loan, and then you've got a deal on the table, and you go to them, and they say, oh well, I would make you a loan, except I've loaned out loaned out all my money to these other people, so approach this as you would approach uh hiring any service provider w- which is with your eyes open i guess is is what i'm what i'm trying to say um question here from jc in las vegas he says chris are your clients using hard money to acquire any properties to hold and rent or hold and lease option is this possible in today's market when those longer-term takeout loans are difficult to obtain, particularly for self-employed people?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, JC. Um, yeah, there's not really an easy answer, um, I suppose, it's yes and no. Um, if I would not plan on using a hard money loan to acquire a rental property and keep both the property and the hard money loan long-term. It's going to be too expensive, And in all likelihood, you're not going to be in a positive cash flow situation paying most likely double digit interest rate to the lender. Now, if it is possible to use the loan, the hard money loan to acquire the investment property and then refinance with the bank, that would definitely be ideal. And that does happen frequently with us. Um, One other thing I'll throw out there is another. Another uh, alternative for long-term rental property financing is smaller local banks who can underwrite the loan as a commercial loan, not a residential mortgage, and they can make a lot more of their own decisions and usually be a lot more lenient than your typical mortgage lender that's focused on consumer, homeowner business. Mm-hmm. So, yes and no, J.C., <laughs> but it's possible.
2: It happens. And and just just know that you have an exit strategy uh, the, you know, the exit strategy isn't i'm going to hold this fifteen percent loan forever because you can't the terms of loan aren't aren't forever just know that you have something lined up at the back end whether it's a a, a lower interest private loan whether it's a, a you're going to sell it to a cash partner or credit partner or get a bank loan because the last thing in the world you want to be doing is calling your hard money lender and saying oh yeah i know my loans due this month but um <laughs> problem <laughs> I haven't been able to. I haven't been able to refinance it. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Chris Hadden of HardMoneyBankers.com. If you have a question about hard money, 877-772-9658 or go to AskVina.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I, as always, am your host, Vina Jones Cox. Today, my guest is Chris Hadden from HardMoneyBankers.com up in maryland and we're talking about what hard money loans are like in today's market so chris that brings me around to the question let's say i am a listener and i have done my math and i know that my deal will benefit from getting a a quick hard money loan because the 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 one thing that we didn't mention in the pros and cons is that these are fairly quick processes. This isn't a 45-day waiting period the way they're they, they are it is with a bank. And now I and I and I've screened my hard money lender and I've gotten some recommendations and whatever. Now I want to come to this hard money lender in a way that makes it easy for him to make a decision that yes, he wants to loan me the money. What would I need to present to him to make that a simple process?
0: That's a good question. Um, and two things on that. One, I would first have all of my ducks in a row in terms of the details about the transaction. Um, have your contract ready. You know, if you're under contract, it sounds like in this case the person would be have a good, detailed scope of work, meaning how much the rehab is going to cost, and possibly even have some of your own uh, comparable sales showing what you think you'll sell the property for. Um, now, I would not send a whole bunch of stuff without speaking to the hard Money Lender first, because we did a lot of applications, we're pretty busy, we have a lot of people looking for loans, and a big part of our job is weeding through them. Um, what I would do first now mind you I would have the stuff ready but I would contact the hard money lender and simply ask them what's the best way to get started what do you need from me to take a look at my deal and let me know if you can do it Um, in our case it's just a simple online application and if it looks good then we'll ask for all the follow up documentation but I would I would take the uh, the hard money lender's direction on that because everyone works a little bit differently
2: Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> again, I know that, uh, many companies have different rates and terms for different borrowers <laughs> that, uh, dependent, dependent on a lot of different factors. Um, uh, I know many companies, um, uh, you do your first few loans with them, the rate and terms are something. And then if you were successful in those, maybe they, you get a, you get a preferred customer, uh, sort of rate and terms. Um, what what exactly are you looking for in terms of what will affect these? And at what point can you definitively say to someone, this is what you will be paying if we go forward with this?
0: Well, uh, pretty much right away. After taking a look at a deal and giving them a loan amount, and here's how much your cash to close is going to be, we'll give them the terms too. A um, few points and X percent. And we have pretty much a baseline that's for anybody who is a first-time borrower with us. Um, And that will fluctuate a little bit if we're doing a super huge loan amount or something, but not much. For the most part, everyone is starting off paying the same, like you mentioned, the same um, rate and fees. And then after a few successful transactions, it is very common for borrowers to come back and be like, hey, you know I'm good. Give me a break on uh, on the points or the rate. And we do because it's it's good business to do so. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you should get the quote right away, almost right away. There should be no uncertainty about what the loan costs and they should be issuing you a term sheet.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay, Uh, very good advice. A question here from Martin in Chicago who uh, is sort of interested in being a hard money lender himself and his question to you is, I'm not actually that familiar with real estate what sort of professional should I hire to do the due diligence for me so that I know that I'm loaning 65 cents on the dollar? I'm particularly concerned about people giving me a set of repair costs that I don't understand any advice.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm glad this caller had, uh, <laughs> had that question. One, I would say in general that from what I've heard, Chicago is a great market for hard money lending, and there's a big shortage of lenders there. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of value, too. Um, And to answer the rest of the question, I mean, I would definitely be careful going into the business of lending without really understanding real estate that well. Um, In terms of getting a handle on values, uh, our underwriter, my business partner, Jason, spends almost all day on the local MLS, looking at comps and valuing properties. Without MLS, we couldn't do what we do. Mm Mm-hmm uh I suppose you could call a local real estate agent and say, Hey, can you give me an after repair value on this property? But we wouldn't want to base a lending decision on that. Mm-hmm. Um, other professionals say there's you know, if it's a good sized construction job, if you're talking, you know, thirty, forty, fifty grand or more, it it is common to have a contractor take a look at the property in someone's scope of work and say, Okay, this is about off, or it's way too short, which happens sometimes. Um If you're talking paint and carpet, then you know most people can probably eyeball that, but mm-hmm. but yeah to to answer the second part of that question, it is not out of the ordinary to have a contractor double check the scope of work for a potential borrower mm-hmm.
2: and and martin i'm going to I'm going to second chris's um, be careful <laughs> statement because due to your unfamiliarity with real estate you are not going to know if the person who is giving you these numbers, the person who wants to borrow money from you, is able himself to correctly evaluate what the property should get in terms of repairs and maybe what that should cost. And uh, I know hard money lenders, one of their biggest nightmares is a stalled rehab where the guy runs out of money before he runs out of repairs to do and there's no more money to go in there and finish the job and so you've got a property that is not worth the ARV that you had made the loan on so uh, yeah be careful contractors realtors you know folks who can help you with that Uh, Chris we have run out of time appreciate your help and advice today and your enlightening us on the state of the hard money market today Uh, we need to uh, wrap up but we will of course be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.